Welcome to episode 52 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, and we have ice. Ice. Ice, baby. That's all that really matters. We have ice. We were on it. (laughs) We were on it. We were on it, you know, on the ice. (laughs) No, not that ice. Yeah, no. Get it right. Yep. So, yeah, no, we have officially been out ice fishing and... Oh, did it feel good? It did. It really did. Holy moly! It, it, I don't know. That that's all I really needed in my life. I'm just. I don't know. I'm. I just want more. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. You too. got the taste. Yeah, I. It's like going to uh, Costco and getting yeah, a free getting sample. A free sample. That's <laughs> that's what it was. Now, now give me that whole dang box. Yeah, and <laughs> and especially for the sole fact that uh, I end up with. I don't know, no real decent bluegills. And then you and Stu on each side of me, to the left of me and to the right of me, all of a sudden, whoop, whoop, both of you guys pull up nine plus inch bluegills. That's right. And I'm just over there catching sevens. Just over there staring at your flasher. Yep. Hey, I caught, I caught, I think I got seven fish. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We got a great guest tonight. That's right. That's who we're going to focus on first. We have got Tanner Arndt from up in Artie's Bait and Tackle on Big Stone Lake. And that would be, Tanner is the son of Artie, the owner of the bait shop. Uh, Tanner manages it now. Uh, big Stone, uh, unless you guys have been living under a Big Stone. Right. It's has been coming on popular. Real popular the last few years. I mean, and and yeah, Artie, Look, Artie's basically put him on the map, I would say. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what Tanner has to tell us all about it. Absolutely. So, yeah, without further ado, we are going to get over right to him. Hey, Tanner, you there, man? I got you. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, for those of you listening, we're here today with Tanner Arndt of Artie's Bait and Tackle in Ortonville, Minnesota on beautiful Lake Big Stone. Nope, Big, Big Stone, Stone Lake. Lake. We just <laughs> talked about this. I knew I'd mess it up. But uh, no, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Tanner. Yeah, you bet. I, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, to, to start us off, uh, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Lake Big nope, Stone Lake. Big Stone. God dang it. Big Stone Lake. Tell us a little bit about Big Stone Lake. Yeah, so Big Stone, it's 26 miles long, one mile wide. It's actually going to be shaped more like a river, um, but it is a great body of water for fishing. Um, you know, I'd say the main focus for us out here is perch. Um, the lake's just full of them, all, all sizes. You know, we see them uh, even all the way up to 12 inches. So got some real nice perch fishing, but it is a multi-species lake, so we got everything from perch bluegills walleyes crappies bass like i say you pretty much can name it and we got it in there so um definitely a fun lake to fish good scenery and uh it's mainly uh you know it's pretty well shaped like a river where you know the middle is just going to be basin and all the shoreline structure um is where guys are going to target you know your walleyes and stuff like that but the middle of the lake basically just runs basins so now it's it's a pretty unique situation with big stone that it's a border lake yeah yeah it borders up to the um south dakota um you know you can fish the lake with either license um but it is kind of cool you know it it uh is shared compared to a lot of other border lakes so um you know regulation wise it's easy to take care of that way um but it is a border water um and it does have its own regulations for that um but they're uh they're good at working together and it like i say it makes for good opportunities so 
Now, like, what would be some of those regulations, like, as far as, say, limits go, as far as walleyes? Do you go with the Minnesota or the South Dakota? So, um, the lakes regulations are actually, there's, I believe, five border water lakes that have all um, the same regulations. Um, but the walleyes are, you can keep four, one over 20 inches, no minimum. Um, like in terms of perch, you know, you can keep 15, 30 possession. Bluegills are 10, only one possession on those. Um, and that's some of the key ones there. Um, but it is shared. So it's all the same regulation, whether you're coming from South Dakota, Minnesota, um, anywhere you're coming from fishing the lake, it is all the same. All right. Very cool. Now tell us a little bit about the structure. Is this a deep lake? Is it, uh, is it pretty shallow? What, what are you guys dealing with up there? Yeah, no, it's a pretty shallow body of water. Um, and when that being said, you know, in the summer we see a lot of vegetation, which is good for fish. Um, but the deepest water you're going to see on the lake is probably only 16 or 17 feet. Um, and it does drop off fairly close to the shoreline. So, like I say, that middle of the lake, um, you know, is all going to run that 13 to 16 feet. Um, and like I say, all the shorelines um, is where the guys are finding their structure, their rock piles, their rock points. Um, and there are a couple islands, you know, towards the south end of the lake. Um, definitely good to fish around. We've got a lot of structure on them. Um, but that's going to be the main structure for the lake. Yeah, you know, being uh, South Dakota, Minnesota, Boundary Lake, obviously perch and walleye are king. But you guys are really uh, getting established as good bass fishery, correct? Oh, for sure. Um, there's starting to even be a few tournaments and stuff out here. And the weights coming out are unreal. Um, oh yeah! <laughs> I think out of the last four tournaments we've had out here, to take home first place, you got to have over 23 pounds on five fish. So, when you're averaging close to five pounds on bass in Minnesota, that's definitely uh, definitely something guys look forward to. Yeah, I'm sure this summer you guys saw a lot more bass boat, a lot more bass boats flying around than what you probably have in years past. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I mean, we've seen guys, you know, coming all the way from nebraska missouri you know come up just to do bass fishing on big stone lake so it's definitely uh growing in the area and like i say the the fish are here to back it up so now do you think do you feel like big stone itself is kind of the last five six years has really come on as a popular fishery like more than what it has been in the past it seems like you're seeing a lot more of it on social media or in the news on shows and stuff like that yeah so you know, the lake's always had fish in it, um, but, it, you know, like anything, it cycles. Um, and like you say, the five, five six years, um, and, you, you know, like you, you can probably even go back all the way to, like, 2010, 11, um, and that's really when it started. And the main la- changes we've seen is the abundance of weeds and clear water, um, and that seems to really be helping the populations, too. So, um, but, yeah, it's the last five, six years, it's been um, awesome for us. We're seeing all different kinds of species. You know, so it works good for your tournament guys. Um, just the families coming out, you know, they can fish bluegills and perch and have a lot of action. Um, so it sets up well for everybody. Right. Now, you know, obviously with uh, Big Stone getting more popular, uh, I think it's fair to say that your dad has had a big uh, hand in that. Um, when you hear the name Artie, I, I think people just know that that's synonymous with uh, uh, Big Stone. Uh, tell us about your dad's bait shop and, and uh, you know, where it is. Uh, you know, yeah, just tell us about it. Yeah, so my dad obviously started here about seven years ago. Um, and, you know, the previous owners we knew pretty well and good buddies with, and they were ready to get out. Um, so they offered, and he took it up. And, like you say, um, been promoting it ever since. And, like I say, the, the fishing's there to back it up, too. So 
he's uh done a lot of good work that way getting uh, people to the area to enjoy it and uh like you say we got the shop here and at the shop we are doing everything we can to have uh, a really good selection for a smaller town um we're located right in ortonville which is on the south end of big stone lake and uh yeah it's been uh, been good for us so and now you're at, uh, you're doing most of the managing of the bait shop right yeah so uh, you know he's uh he kind of got things up and running um, and I have taken over a lot of the work in the shop here. So, um, you know, when you're stopping in, I'll be the guy you're seeing most of the time. And, uh, like I say, taking care of it and, uh, it's been good. So that doesn't, that doesn't leave you much time for fishing too much, does it? <laughs> no, not as much as it used to be, but, uh, That's you know, we got some other hired guys around and it does allow us to get back out on the water. Yeah. Um, that's but, always, uh, that's always kind of the funny thing, you know, like when somebody <laughs> like, oh yeah, you get to run a bait shop. So people just always think that, oh, they're always out fishing. It's like, well, no, you probably, it's probably vice versa. You're more t- in the shop, but you definitely get out there and get your time in. Oh, for sure. You know, we got to work at the bait shop so guys can get out fishing too. But like I say, we find our time and uh, get out there so we can keep everybody up to date on what the best bites are and what's going on on the lake too so right now what what do uh, most of the people when they're coming into the bait shop and they're heading out to uh target the perch on on big stone what are they buying what, what's the go-to bait up there well i wish it's always as easy as picking out one bait but uh definitely in the last couple of years and perch are getting a lot more pressure um and generally what that means is guys are going to the tunks and jigs and basically the, the tungsten jig is going to be just like the standard lead jigs, although they are heavier per size. So you can fish a 16th ounce jig and it's, you know, it's much smaller. Um, and it definitely helps if you can have a finesse approach to it. Like I say, these jig or these uh, perch are seeing a lot of jigs. So um, it definitely hurts. If, it doesn't hurt if a guy can size down a little bit and fish a tungsten jig. Right. Now, now you guys obviously carry a full line of, of brand new ice fishing equipment, but uh, I notice you guys are also on your social media advertise uh, some used flashers and whatnot. Uh, you guys offer a trade-in program, or how does that work? Yeah, so we had a full line of, uh, like specifically talking about flashers, you know, we got uh, Vexlar, Markham, Garmin, um, you know, you name it, we got it. Um, and we are doing trade-ins on used electronics. Um, so if you got a unit, you know, it's still good working unit and you're just looking to upgrade, um, we do the best we can to give you a fair price on your unit and get traded up to a new one. Um, that way, you know, you're using the best of the technology that's out there these days, and they've definitely come a long ways. So. Right. Right. And like you guys carry most uh, most of the popular brands of shacks and things like that too, correct? Yeah. You know, like I say, uh, like right now we got an otter in stock here. We do got a smaller building, so, you know, it's yeah. hard to have everything in terms of the shacks. Um, but once it gets into the ice tackle, um, you know, if you're going perch fishing, there's not much we don't got. So uh, we definitely do the best we can to keep it stocked up and keep all the stuff that's in high demand in here. So, Right. Now, one of the other things that your bait shop offers is uh, some fish house rentals. Tell us about the fleet of fish houses that you guys have. Yeah, for sure. In the winter, uh, we got 12 fish houses that we're running. Um, two of those are going to be day houses. So that in that case, you just show up for the day. Um, we'll bring you out to the shack. It's just got a heater. We drill the holes. Everything's ready to go for you. You bring your equipment and do some fishing. Um, so that sets up well. And then we also have 10 of the uh, ice castles. They're 16-foot ice castles. Um, and those are kind of our uh, luxury shacks, per se. 
you can kick back, catch some fish, but you're going to do it in comfort. Um, you know, it's got four bunks, so you can sleep four guys in there. Um, and it's, you got a stove, it's got a bathroom in it, you name it. So it's definitely a luxury setup for going out and fishing and having some good times with friends. So, And I suppose the, the fishing with the clearer water like that, the walleye fishing at night is probably a pretty good bite too at times. Yeah, we get some walleyes, you know, uh, we definitely focus on the perch, bluegills, that kind of thing. But it is always nice to see a walleye roll through at night, you know. Um, and like you say, with the clear water, um, that is another thing we've done in our fish houses is we put underwater cameras and TVs in all the houses. So when you show up, you got an underwater camera, you can see exactly what's going down, uh, going on under the water. And that's an awesome feature in them houses. Yeah, yeah. I've, see, I've see how many those. fish I'm missing. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah no it works good well what what kind of fishing do you do uh personally do you do any bass fishing uh personally i am a bass head yes uh, right. if i got free time i'm gonna go bass fishing um but i do you know like in the spring i'll fish the local walleye league and in all winter long i do do a lot of perch and bluegill fishing that way so it, it's nice being on big stone you have an option you know you're not stuck to fishing just one thing but like i say if i do have an option i'm gonna go bass fishing yeah tanner before we let you go uh if if uh, any of the listeners out there are interested in uh, stopping by Ortonville and checking out Artie's Bait and Tackle, or uh, if they're interested in renting a sleeper house from you, uh, can you let the listeners know uh, how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you can find all of our information on the rental houses on artiesbait.com, um, and that's our we- uh, website. We have all the lodging, uh, fish house rentals, everything on there. Um, otherwise, we do keep updates on the lake terms of ice conditions all that on our facebook page and that's just Artie's bait and tackle um on facebook uh, and if you're looking to call and reserve a house uh you can give us a call at the shop here and the number for that is 839-2480 so that's the best ways to get a hold of us and look forward to seeing you guys around yeah perfect all right thanks man yeah thanks for joining us thanks for having me on you bet see ya and that was tanner arndt from Artie's Bait and Tackle up in Big Stone, on Big Stone Lake in Ortonville, Minnesota. Yeah, I would have liked to have known, how big is the town of Ortonville? Have you ever been to Ortonville? I've never been to Ortonville. Oh, I have. I drove through there one time. I I have driven through Ortonville before. Really? I wonder, is there is there quite a few towns on Big Stone? I think there's a few. Is there? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, well, it's kind of a cool area up in there, and Big Stone Lake is a, is a neat I have actually Please. been to Big Stone once. Have you? Yep. Uh, right. One of my high school classmates' uh, family had a cabin up there, and we went up there, spent the night uh, one time over a weekend, uh, me and like five, six other dudes. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't really remember much about it. I think we were probably 13, 14 years old. But right uh, I do remember it being a long and narrow uh, cab, or a long and narrow lake. And I remember there being an island out there. And uh I don't know. We went to some quarry and like went jumping into it and it just freaked me out. I'm not even going to lie. Like when, I mean, cause they were, t- this dude up on this rock was like, yeah, there's cars down there and you know, whatever. Jump. I don't know. It's just like, nah, there's probably monsters down there too. Like, I don't know. I'm not for that. It was scary. But yeah, it's, it is. When you look at it on a map, you almost think that it is a river or that it is part of a river. I think it, it's kind is of it like, like the Minnesota like, River? I guess I, we should have asked Artie or Tanner that. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, maybe the Minnesota River starts there. I don't know. I or think the that. Well, 
River, yeah, something like that. Kind of runs into that same system. Like Lake as Traverse, right. yeah. uh, Big, Stone, Big Stone, and then Laquaparl. Laquaparl is down there a little bit too. So. Golly, you know what we really should have asked him? I think that they got some slammer goose hunting up there. I've been, I've goat goose hunted up in the Laquaparl area before, and it is pretty cool. Yeah, I bet it didn't suck. It was all right. <laughs> so yeah well if we ever talk to uh tanner again we're gonna ask him about goose hunting we're gonna ask him <laughs> if that lake is on a river system and we're gonna ask him well we'll ask him a bunch of other questions but uh yeah no we really appreciate it that tanner uh swung in that was a that was a fun interview and and something that i've really been curious and and i think both of us have been curious about because you see so much about big stone you see so much about Artis and yeah and just the border lake thing itself yeah I mean, that was that, I think a lot of people get confused sometimes, like when opener is on a border. There's always, you know, Minnesota opener compared to like South Dakota. They don't have a close season, yeah. so but there is an opener. It is closed during the season for some of it. So yeah. it is always interesting with border lakes like that, right? Different regulations that right. go on with them. You could easily get in trouble thinking, right? You, I mean, you know, you just think, well, isn't this a Minnesota lake or isn't this a South Dakota? I mean, yeah, it is, and yeah. So, yeah, it's cool, and it's neat that the states kind of work together to manage it like they do. Yeah, I've never uh, I've never been in a permanent fish house overnight, but uh, I wouldn't mind uh, going in there and sitting in front of a 55-inch TV uh, catching perch, just watching <laughs> just them come watching in. Them come that, in that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, sure. So, well, Speaking like, of catching fish. That is right. Speaking of catching fish, like we, we mentioned got earlier... We got out and we finally caught some fish. We finally got on the ice. Walked and it on the water. Was awesome. It was. It was awesome. We uh we went over to Lake Bahoya, which is a small lake right uh, next or right close to us here in uh, the northwest corner of Iowa, and uh, we got out there. We had heard reports that there was five inches. We had heard reports that there was four inches. There was three and a half. You measured. Yep, I measured. It was three and a half. And that's not to say in a different bay, something, you know, that there wasn't five. But where we were, it was three and a half. And I got to tell you, I puckered up a little bit when I punched that first hole. You know, I, I went walking out there and I, I just really, truly in my head, um, you know, was expecting five inches. And, you know, rip, my cage rail started ripping and all of a sudden, whoop, there it was. And it was like, oh boy, yeah, that that that's thin, Stu. <laughs> it, was, it was me and Stu standing there and... uh so yeah, I I knelt down and I was like, we we got to measure this here because I'm not screwing around on two inches. And yeah, right. it was three and a half, and it was good clear ice. I will give it that. It was good clear ice, and uh, so yeah, we we uh, set up shop and made it happen. Yeah, it's you know you 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 mentioned something to me while we were out there after watching me drill a hole, and you kind of were like, wasn't as thick as you expect because the last time we drilled holes. Ice was, you know, ten inches. At eight, least, yeah. Probably, well, yeah, no, that you know, late probably, season like you know, that. But yep. still, it was, and it was a little bit thicker. So you go in there and you start drilling that hole, and you're thinking, okay, you're going to be there for a little bit, just going, and yeah, you start zipping through four inches of ice. You know, it's just like, boop, it's like, whoa, yep, through. just like that. <laughs> so. And uh, no, there was a few other people out there, uh, so I, I felt where we were walking, somebody else had already walked, and I know. I'm going to sit here and preach, you know, all safety on the ice. And, and personally, I guess I was probably not being as safe as what I should have been. Uh, but 
And that but no one died. <laughs> no one died. All right, that, nobody, that might have crossed nobody the line. Got I cold. apologize. Nobody <laughs> got cold. Yep. But no, uh, yeah, uh, you went out there. You were out there the day before, a couple days before. Two days prior. Yep. Had checked it and everything like that. And like you said, it was good solid ice, and there was other people. So you just kind of, you know, you don't want to say you let your guard down a little bit, but you just you feel a little bit safer going out there. Obviously, if there's nobody else out there and there's no tracks, would have drilled. Our whole way out there, spud butter, spud barred the whole way out there. Right. So. so, no, yeah, we set up, and uh, I think where I originally started fishing, it was like 13, 14 foot, and uh, right away I marked a fish down on the bottom. I dropped down to it, and and it went away, and it was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights tonight. And uh, yeah, next thing you know, I started having some fish come in uh, suspended, which. On a lake like that, it gets so deep, so fast, you know, 10 yards off the off the shoreline, and, right. and you're in 12, 10, you know, 12, 15 foot of water there. So, I mean, those fish don't have to swim that far out, you and know, to you, right. yeah, and they're suspended. I mean, we had it that one year when we were over there, and you were sitting in 7 foot of water, and I was in 15 foot of water, and, I mean, we were, you know, a baseball, th- I mean, your baseball throw away from each other so what the heck <laughs> so about 10 foot away from each other. <laughs> that was a slugger back in the day well you might be able to hit the ball a mile but you couldn't throw it 10 foot so oh my dh gosh. well at least i saw the field <laughs> that's right from the bench <laughs> you could see it out there oh my gosh no this so is early was... on in the episode for you to be throwing haymakers <laughs> like that you're throwing i'm not worried I'm sitting far enough away from you, you won't be able to reach me. <laughs> You're going to do the rest of this episode by yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're on a, We're supposed to be a team. We are. We are a team. We got to get back. Let's we get talking get back about fishing. fishing again. We got to talk about fishing For again. Pete's That's right. Sakes. I'm sorry. I apologize to the listeners. Please forgive me. We just lost all our listeners. I know. They like you better than me, so... Well, gotta, that's for sure. They... You're going to get all kinds of friend requests, and I'm going to have all kinds of them gone now. <laughs> all right. So fishing. But, yeah, back to Lake Bahoya. So, uh, yeah, me and Stuart Anderson, we got out there. Stu the noob Stu for the, all you guys that Stu, don't know who Stuart Anderson is. Stu to Chris. Stu to Chris. Stu to Chris. Stu Stu to Chris. Stu Pock. Like, uh, God, I mean, we could just literally come up with a million fun names, and, and we should. But we're going to get back to fishing again. Uh yeah, so me and Stu got, got out there. there. We uh, we took I took off early from work. We headed out and uh, got on the ice. Uh, I caught a couple right off the bat, and uh, finally Stu uh, started marking, and and he got one. His goal was to catch one before you showed up. Right, and he got it done. He got her done. He got her done. Good and for uh, him. Yeah, then you came out, and we all kind of bounced over closer to where you were. You kind of went around a, a little point from us, yep. and. Uh, Try to get away from the crowd, and they just follow you. Catch a fish on your first drop. Next thing you know, here they No, I'm not going to say anything. No. Yep. <laughs> we were out on the lake. Who followed us out there? I know. I walked over to you guys, and I had to use your drill because mine wasn't working right. So thank you for letting me use your auger. I was thinking about that. You know what that was? A karma. That was karma. That was karma because I give Ramsey all kinds of grief about <laughs> oh, augers all the time. And here I was, oh, yeah. When you texted me and said that your drill wasn't working, it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I didn't tell It was Ram karma. Ram. It was karma. Yep. But, yeah, no, god dang it, did it feel good to finally set the hook. And 
Uh, Stu, Stu caught some different fish. You caught three different species. Yeah. I only caught bluegills. It, it just feels good to get back out there and, you know, get the hook set down because it's so used to summer fishing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you're casting and reeling in and or just even flipping and doing that stuff, you you feel that big thunk. Right. And it's just like you've got to really watch that tip of that rod. And, you know, it's just it's, it's a whole different thing. you got to kind of get your body and mind and, you know, your hand and eye coordination used to it again. And... You were using different rods than yeah, I was using the new uh, Cold Snap Redline series, and you hooked them, and, and I hooked them, and and you said you said right I off the bat, I, I yeah, you it liked was. it. I like the way they feel, and I mean, definitely get out there and check those out if you're looking for a awesome quality rod for a really good price. The procrastinator in me, I was not running the Cold uh, Cold Snap Redline series rods. Uh, I've been waiting to go and buy some reels for them. I've been waiting to get them set up. Stu texted me, said, hey, you want to go fishing? And I really, truly did not expect to go fishing until, you know, a week later or so. And all of a sudden he said, hey, let's go fishing. I didn't have anything set up. So I used a rod from last year, a rod that had a knot in the line. I I was totally unprepared. It was not good. It was it was a bad deal. But it was just all about getting out there on that first trip. You just had to work the kinks out, and uh, we did that. So, yeah, a, more any more than that, uh, you know, you couldn't ask for it. I, I told Stu on the way over, I was like, you know, if we can each catch three fish, right. you know. Because in, in all reality, I mean, Maybe we got what about an hour and a half of fishing in, maybe right? Yeah, maybe I mean, us a half really, hour longer than you. And right, it really wasn't as it wasn't like we were out there all day or anything like that. It was just a quick run over after yep. work, like you said. And yep, just no, try to set a hook, right? So, no, but I do officially think that uh, we can say ice season is officially here in most of the ice belt, right? But uh, still, one of the things that we're going to talk about. Uh, you still have to proceed with caution. I mean, right. we were out on three and a half inches the other night. Uh, you know, I know that there's plenty of people that dare to go on less than that. Uh, you, you know, if a big snow comes that that can really mess up some ice too. You know, a lot of weight on top of the snow. Yep. So a few things that everybody can, uh, should, should use, uh, are a throw rope. Yep, always have that along with you. The buddy system. Yeah, make sure that, you know, if you're going out this time of year, you know where, you know, have somebody come along. Just be aware of that. Your ice picks. Ice picks, right. Cleats. Ice cleats are really important if there's not much snow on the ice. I forgot those the other night. And it just... And I about biffed it at the end of the boat ramp. <laughs> big time. <laughs> so, no, yeah. It, and, and, you know, we can sit here and say float suits not everybody can afford a float suit i mean we get that so yeah and you know don't take for granted just because you see some people out there just buzzing around moving around a lot that you're just like oh if you're gonna venture off away from people definitely right. i mean yeah definitely there i mean at the lakes i think in some of the bays way back in the bays they're starting to see like four inches of ice over there but as you start getting out into more of the basin of the lakes there's still only two inches of ice out there so right right i saw that uh a few of the bait shops were starting to do reports and uh yeah they there was a lot of them where you know 
first hit of the spud bar off the boat ramp and i mean it, it's not ready yet it and, is not and and with with new ice being made sometimes and it starts shifting and everything you start getting some seams and some heaves at places so you just got to be aware of all that stuff and right we do got the temperatures coming down the pipe oh yeah i mean i mean it, it i see ice fishing seasons here and it's here to stay for a while now i mean not unless all of a sudden we get crazy weather where it warms up to 50 60 degrees but i mean right and that is good because it has been too long right i mean it's nice like i said it's just really nice to get back out on the ice and be walking around and just know that you can get to spots because like we've talked about that's the cool thing about ice fishing even playing field it it is it's it's accessible to everybody Uh, yeah this is nice to fly around on a machine a four-wheeler snowmobile things like that when it gets to that time yeah it is but you can still get out there on foot and hoof it around and you never know i mean you can get on good bites all over the place that's the nice thing about it oh yeah and and i think the last like i think the last two years has really proved that to me even more and more i've gone uh you know me and my brother have fished over at okaboji ice fishing for i don't know a number of years and in the last two years, I've kind of started to go to a couple spots that are out of my comfort zone. Right. And, you know, a couple of the spots where it's like, no, this this ain't going to work. Like, why are we even monkeying with this? And all of a sudden, we really start getting on a good bite. And it's like, God dang, really? Like, this mm-hmm. is not what I expected. And, and you know, so you don't got to walk all the way across, you know. Right. Start start drilling some holes, you know, every so often, and and you yeah, know, if you're not put if a you're, vex in, and yeah, if you're not marking anything, well, then you got the luxury you can just move, right? And sometimes you don't have to move real far. No, I mean, that's no. where that's why we're looking at like lake maps and stuff like that. So if you get in on something, or you know, if you summer fish and stuff like that, and you kind of remember where wee lines are and stuff, you know, along those lines from the summertime, that that can help you out when ice fishing season rolls around. Absolutely. So, well, definitely get out there and be safe yet. It's not, you know, full-blown bore. I mean, I think somebody was telling you the other day that there were some four-wheelers out on there was Spirit Lake. And out it's on... just like, there's like six inches, five, at that time, there's like four or five inches. Four, of... four. My buddy Top, my buddy Top was out there fishing, and all of a sudden he heard a motor going, and he's like, oh, wow, that's got to be someone's auger. Well, all of a sudden it started getting closer and he's like, what in tarnation do we got going here? And sure enough, there, here comes a four wheeler buzzing across the ice. And he, I mean, he flat out said he was like, holy smokes. Like, you know, <laughs> right. you know mean, is, can you, can you drive a four wheeler on four inches ice? Obviously you can, but just don't do it by me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Don't> go- <laughs> I will bet you that if you drive four wheeler around on four inches of ice for long enough, You'll be driving that four wheeler under the ice. All right, you're gonna have to be make sure you got your a nebula system on that thing, so right. it makes it a little easier for the retrieve water retrieval people. Yeah, yeah, and I think it comes with a pretty hefty fine. Right, uh, dropping something in there. I don't think anyone really wants to pay it. Hoof it out yet. Uh, well, like we've said before, not only do you put yourself in the dan- in danger, but you put everybody in danger. Right, the I first mean, responders. And-, and Or even people out on the ice. If we're fishing and we see somebody go through, you're not just going to be like, no, that's not safe for yeah. us. So well, you <laughs> you're on your own. four-wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going everybody's gonna to go into help mode and you know try to get you out safely and stuff like that. So just be cautious out there and just we're easing into it. You know, right. pretty soon it's going to be full, you know, in a couple weeks here, a week or so, then it's going to be, you're going to be able to move around and do a lot of that stuff. But just right. for right now, just 
get to where you can and just enjoy that we're fishing in mid-December right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well, with that, episode 52, we will consider that a wrap. See you next week for episode 53. 53. 53. See you next week. Later. <laughs>